What's up, guys? Max here, back with another episode of the Scuttlebutt Show. I hope you're all doing well today. It's Thursday out here in Okinawa, Japan, Wednesday back in the United States. What's up to Mudrock, Game Hopes, Eric, Rachel, Nuggets, Ebo? Uh, we've got Andrew in the house. I hope you guys are all doing really well out there. Whatever you're up to today, thank you for joining me here. I wanted to say, let's see, let me address a couple things in the chat really quick. I did that interview with, you know him as Regal. In the chat here, his podcast, Midnight Chow, his name is Kyle. He's one of the guys who was in Red Platoon at the Battle of Cop Keating, the movie The Outpost. He was one of the guests on my show when we did that interview with The Outpost, the story of Red Platoon as told by, told by those who were there. If you have seen that three-part episode on the channel. What's up, Audrey? Just checked in. Thanks for checking in. Uh, and we did that interview, and it was great. It was a really good time, a really good conversation. So his episode of the podcast over at his channel, Midnight Chow, will be up soon. Um, we've got, let's see, Ebo. I have not checked out those interviews yet. It's on my list, but that list is super long. So just, you know, no, no disrespect towards you or nothing like that. I don't mean to keep blowing you off, but uh, I got to get to it whenever I, I get to it. We've got some news. Let me hit, let me hit this real quick because we got a lot to talk about. So some news really quick over on Patreon. You can now see, I wouldn't call it a trailer, but you can now see a, a little bit about that secret project I've been working on, the reason that there was no show yesterday. I posted a video. It's a little teaser. It's just a teaser of what that project is, and it's over available on Patreon right now for patrons at any level can go watch that right now, and I'd love to hear what you guys think about it. Um, we posted, we did that story the other day about uh, that, that sailor, Petty Officer French, and that video has got a lot of people talking. A lot of people have hit me up saying, hey, that was great. What's up, Chris, in the chat? That that was great and that they want more stuff like that. So more stuff like that to come for sure. I love sharing stories like that with you guys. It is uh, very important to me that I do so. We've got an insane show today. We've got an insane show today. We've got uh, some, some, some people have died. So we're going to talk about that, unfortunately. Um, we've got a... A local Marine who's trying to raise awareness for uh, veteran suicide. And hang on, I'm getting some errors up here on my on my stream. I hope the stream's not freezing. Hang on. Are you guys hearing me? Are you guys seeing me? I'm getting some errors over here on the stream. There's something wrong with the internets. The internets. Hang on. Hang on. Are you guys hearing me okay? Can I get a radio check out there? A comm check? Let's see. I think we might have froze for a second, but maybe we're good now. YouTube's giving me the word that the status is not great, but hey, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going and, uh, and we'll see what happens. What's up, Robert Sweetman? What's up, Rob Sweetman in the chat? God bless French. Yes, yes, true story. Um, we've, let's see, you cut out pretty bad twice. Okay, I hope I'm back now. Let's see, hopefully I'm back now and, uh, and we'll keep going and see what happens. Hopefully it was just that one time. Um, it is bad weather today. It is bad weather today. Okay, smooth for the last 20 seconds. Dave Cool, you're choppy. Dave Cool, what's up? What's up? Welcome to the chat, my friend, my good friend, Dave Cool. Um, stream buffering a bit, but you're stable right now. Thank you. Got it. Got it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Good check. Lima Charlie, I have you guys the same. All right, cool. I appreciate the feedback. That's awesome. Um, it's cool. So we've got a, a story. We're going to end the show today with a story that is pretty controversial, uh, and I'm really curious what you guys think about it. It is, oh yeah, so what I was saying was there's bad weather, so I don't know if maybe that's affecting the internet out here. Um, so I, I feel like whenever we have bad storms, the internet kind of gets jacked up out here. I don't even know how that's possible, but that always seems to be the case. Um, we've got a story at the end of the show today that is kind of crazy. It's 
I, I don't know. I, I really don't know what I think about it. I mean, I could go either way. I, you know, I could go either way. I know, I know I always say that. I could go either way. This story is going to be, I, I know it's going to split the room. Okay, so we're going to get to that at the end. I'm going to try to get to it as quickly as possible because we didn't have the show yesterday. And so much happened. So much. Ha- I'm not even going to talk about the Iran- Iranian ship stuff. I don't even, I'm not even going to get to that. I mean, that stuff happens all the time. Uh, it's, it's hardly news to me. I'm just, it's, a, it's, it's a little bit news, but we'll, maybe we'll talk about that tomorrow. Anyway, I'm babbling on and on, and we got to get to the story. So let's get to the very first story here. Let's, let's get through the first couple stories. An Army soldier died in Kuwait, on deployment in Kuwait. And the Army has identified this reserve soldier. And, you know, I'm, I, I want to talk about this because I, I actually have a couple things to say about this, and this will be a good opportunity for me to open the conversation up about couple things about this soldier who died. It's kind of weird, a weird story. Army identifies reserve soldier found dead in Kuwait. The army on Wednesday identified the reserve soldier who was found dead Monday while serving in Kuwait. His name is Staff Sergeant Christopher Pantos. He was 55 years old, found dead living in his quarters at Ali Al-Salim Air Base. He, he might have died of a heart attack or something like that. There is so one thing that I want to point out about this, Pantos, who's a native of Richmond, Virginia, was assigned to the Army Reserve's 55th Sustainment Brigade at Fort Belvoir, Virginia, and was serving with the 377th Theater Sustainment Command. He was a sergeant who was posthumously promoted to staff sergeant after his death, so that just immediately happened. And he had served since 2007 and deployed to Afghanistan for 11 months in 2011. He's been awarded some Army Commendation Medal, Army Achievement Medal. He's got the Overseas Service Ribbon. I don't see a Combat Action Ribbon on there, but he's still deployed to Afghanistan for 11 months, so good on him. Now, the, th- he, he, the thing I want to talk about here is it's not uncommon, not uncommon to see a soldier who's in the reserves who's old, freaking old, and this guy, 55 years old, serving in the reserves as a sergeant in the army, and he is a, po- a, a mailman in his civilian job, a mailman. So he worked for the post office. I've actually known a bunch of, of post, postal service employees, ma- mailmen and women, who are in the military reserves. So, and, and old, and old, like crazy old, and they're out there doing it. And I think that that's really awesome. Like you don't get that great of a benefits or money being a reservist. So bravo Zulu to all the reservists out there who are working their civilian job, who are working the reserves and they're, you know, a very average rank for their age. And they're out there doing it, deploying, doing their job. I just wanted to give a shout out to all those people out there. And I also wanted to give a shout out to the post office for having so many uh, great employees. You know, it's, it's actually pretty common. I don't know if you guys can, can resonate this in the chat, if you have this experience too, but I've known a lot of post office employees who have been in the military reserves and they have, uh, served overseas in their 40s and 50s. It's weird. I don't know. It's something about the post office and people in the military. It's kind of a weird thing. Also, my just as an aside, and this is not related to that prior thing at all, my least favorite person I ever worked with in the military, who we did not get along. We were able to work together, but we did not get along. Was a, He was a mailman too, uh, but he was a douche and I did not like him very much. That was for my IA deployment in Afghanistan, 2009. So, Let's see. Dave Cool. I can't believe Dave Cool's in the chat. It's just great to see your face out there. Who was the oldest reservist I met? That's a great question. That's a great question. 
the oldest reservist I met was probably in their 60s. Um, and it was a it was a doctor. So this is um, I've worked with pe- a lot of people, a, a good number of people, probably a couple dozen people who were in their 50s who uh, were in the reserves. But I, I worked with I worked with a guy or I worked alongside a guy. Dave Cool was there. Actually, Dave Cool was there with me in Afghanistan. And there was a doctor on that base who came out there for a little while. He was an army doctor and he was like a colonel. And I'm pretty confident he was a reservist, if, I, if my memory is correct. And I think he was like almost probably 70. He looked really old, like definitely in his 60s. Dave, do you remember that? Can you, he would be on the elliptical in the gym, uh, if you can, if you can uh, vouch for that. So let's see, Justin says, you add your federal reserve time, federal service time and bumps up your retirement. That's, that's, a, that's really true. That's true. You get higher uh, retirement points if you are a reservist and working for a federal job. Good point. Andrew says, there is a dude, ortho in Golan. Yep. The ortho dude in Golan. That's right, Dave. That's exactly who I'm talking about. There is a dude in my unit who enlisted in the guard in 1991. My dad enlisted in 1983. Damn. So yes, the guy has served for 30 years this year. Wow. Good for him. Bravo Zulu for that dude in your unit. Um, and we, we covered a story uh, a couple of days ago about a guy who was getting ready to retire from the army. It was like a couple weeks ago and he was like in his sixties or something like that. He had been in Vietnam and, uh, and Afghanistan kind of crazy. Uh, yeah, Dave, thanks for backing me up on that one. Hey, little, little side, by the way, guys, Patreon is open for business. Patreon.com link in the description down below. If you want to support this channel in some other way than just viewing it, if you have a couple extra bucks and you feel like this content is worth it, Patreon is a great way to support the channel. If you do join as an elite patron, I'll send you a free t-shirt on your second month. And I'm getting ready to send those t-shirts out in uh, about a day. So I'm really excited for all the new, new members of Patreon who get their t-shirts uh, next week. So we've got a, a, another little story here. Let's see, Vietnam and Afghanistan. Yeah, I'll try, to, I'll try to figure out what episode that was, Nuggets. Vietnam and Afghanistan. Graham served for 40 years, started as an E1, retired as an 06, should have been about 58 when he retired. Damn, dude. Damn, that is crazy. 40 years in the military is no joke. That is serious stuff. Uh, um, a lot of, a lot of uh, high-ranking officers have... And basically only high-ranking officers can do 40 years. So you have to be an officer to be able to do up to 40 years. We've got a, so I got to get to this astronaut, Michael Collins, Apollo 11 pilot dies at 90 years old. Apollo 11 astronaut, Michael Collins, who piloted the ship from which Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin left to make their historic first steps in the moon died, uh, died Wednesday in, of cancer. His family said he was 90. He was part of the uh, three-man Apollo 11 crew that effectively ended the space race between the United States and Russia and fulfilled President Kennedy's challenge to reach the moon by the end of the 1960s. I just want to give a shout out to the astronauts out there. To all the astronauts out there, if you're, you know, I don't know if he was prior military, but a lot of astronauts were and are. Look at Johnny Kim out there. Johnny Kim, Navy SEAL. Like who, I was having this conversation, I think with my wife the other day about you know, people going to Mars, people going to Mars. And the conversation was about who, who would you send to Mars? And I'm like, Johnny Kim, who better, who better name a better candidate to go to Mars than a Navy SEAL astronaut doctor. There's no, there's nobody better. The it's, it's, he's the greatest candidate to go to Mars ever. He's got every required qualification. If there's aliens up there, he can fight them. If there's wounded aliens up there, he can heal them and he can just get there in the first place because he's an astronaut. He's got like name, name someone better. I'll wait, you know, show me someone better 
to go to Mars than Johnny Kim. There is no one better. Bravo Zulu to Johnny Kim. Navy SEAL, astronaut, and doctor from Harvard. Yeah, there's no one better. So we've got a lot of people out there in the chat who are thinking about joining the military, who, want, who, have, who aspire to join the military. We've got retired Marines out there. We've got mar- veterans, retired Navy. We've got everybody, retired Army. We've got everybody in the chat. The Marine Corps, Marine Corps, is changing, but it's really coming home, okay? The Marine Corps is changing, but it's actually coming home. What's the Marine Corps' job? What do you guys think the Marine Corps' job is? Drop it. If you think it's anything other than amphibious assault and destroying the enemy, you let me know in the chat. The Marine Corps' job is amphibious assault and destroying the enemy, bringing the hurt to the enemy, That's it. That's their only job. That's what the Marine Corps does. A lethal fighting force. First to to fight. Okay? The last time that the Marine Corps conducted a maritime invasion of an enemy nation was Afghanistan. Okay? Operation Anaconda. Largest maritime invasion ever. And now the Marine Corps is going back to its ways of being a... Uh, uh, amphibious assault maritime force who are able to deploy and invade and land and storm beaches. And they're doing it in smaller and smaller teams, which I think is cool because the decentralized force is the way of the future as we're preparing for a global type conflict. So Earl says first in, that's right. First in, first to fight. Semper Fidelis Marine Corps is known as a force of young warriors, and that's about to change. Close with and destroy the enemy by fire and maneuver. Mudrock. Mudrock knows the deal. Mudrock knows he's an expert on the subject. So Mudrock knows the deal, and that's right. Close with and destroy the enemy by fire and maneuver. That's the Marine Corps' job. So the Marine Corps junior enlisted ranks make up nearly half of the force, with most leaving the service after just one four-year term. That's not very good retention. Now, leaders say that they need to change the service's personnel models to build up more senior ranks as Marines face new threats. They're going more for small unit tactics. Small unit tactics, including infantry squads, need to be led by a staff sergeant. uh, Commandant General David Berger wrote in a new update to his 10-year force design plan. What do you guys think about General Berger? I think he's doing a good job. Every story that we cover on him makes it seem like he's doing a pretty good job. Putting staff NCOs in those roles will be a big cultural change for the service, which pushes leadership and decision-making far down the chain of command. Marine leaders will develop options for improving and sustaining the quality, maturity, and experience of small unit leader tactical skills and decision-making along with a pathway toward ensuring each squad or small unit within the infantry and reconnaissance communities is led by a staff sergeant. So he's he's not reducing, but restructuring these units where the highest ranking NCO is going to be the staff sergeant who's in in charge of a squad. And that squad is, you know, capable of doing all kinds of cool stuff. And then they have, you know, you you decentralize leadership and allow these people to go make tactical decisions and have some freedom of maneuver as they see fit. I think that's great. Corporals and sergeants currently lead infantry squads. The change is one of many facing Marine Corps as the service recognizes, uh, reorganizes for a possible fight with China. But what can you do? So they go on to say that you can't rush leadership and you can't rush experience, which is very true. So how do you retain experience? How do you retain talent and promote smartly from within uh, and get the right staff sergeants to the right place, which also lends to the question of where does experience come from anymore? Who has, how many Marines have experience? 
Because then if you joined the Marines from 2014 through present in a combat MOS, there's a really good chance you've never been deployed or seen combat. There's a really good chance. Really good chance. So if 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 we're looking at retention to staff sergeant, I would think my my instincts tell me that anybody with a lot of experience downrange is now either already promoted beyond staff sergeant or out of the Marine Corps. So how are they going to get to this point? And that's what the story goes on to say to challenges. And they don't exactly have an answer either. They talk about what it would cost to retain a person uh, versus a junior person. And let's see, the Marine Corps is planning to drop 10,000 people by 2030 to reach an end strength of about 174,000. By the way, the Marine Corps, the smallest branch, the smallest branch, the least amount of people in the Marine Corps. A quarter of first or Marines currently re-enlist each year. That means on average, 20,000 junior Marines leave the Corps annually. That's a lot. The problem you have as a commander is telling them, sorry, you have to go home because we have too many that want to stay for the current model, he said. And that's crazy. I've always, the Navy, I've talked about this on the show before. The Navy did this. So what do you guys think? Is that a good way to restructure the Marine Corps? Is Should leadership be staff sergeant level down or do people need higher level leaderships? And where is this leadership even going to come from? Where is the where is this talent going to come from when we don't have any conflict going on right now? Afghanistan is the training ground right now. Afghanistan is just the the real world training scenario for combat experience you know people having experience getting shot at so we'll see um i can't wait to get to the next story so what do you guys think is that is that the right way to do it or is that not a good way to do it i think it's it's in it's it's gonna be it's always a shame when they downsize the military and they send home good people the navy did that and that was heartbreaking. I almost got out of the Navy in protest of this program called PTS and ERB. It was so sad. They were kicking people out, great sailors. They were kicking out great sailors, sending them home. Sorry, you got to go. Thanks for your service. Beat it. You know, sorry. Good luck. Here's $25,000. Uh, have, have a good rest of your life. No retirement, no medical, nothing. Kicked them out. Thousands of people. It was brutal. So that's always sad to see too. Let's see what's going on here in the comments. We got, let's see, Eric says Mudrock is the expert. Andrew says, ironically, Army is going back to division forces and away from the brigade combat team. Crazy. Regal says, I was told by Marine E5, the Marine Corps is the test. And if you if you reenlist, you fail. <laughs> that's pretty good. Andrew, my little brother, E3 with seven years of experience, true terminal lands. Nice. Mentorship or leadership? Yeah. Dave, Thank you. It's uh, really nice to see uh, see you, and I I miss you, bud. You're a great dude, and it's always nice to see your face, even on a small little icon there on the screen. Go be safe. Do some good work. Army E6 is standard for squad leader. Yeah, Army E6 is standard for squad leader. ERB was an abortion. Oh, dude, that's a great way to put it. That's a great way to put it. Make the service less blank, and people might stay. Maybe. That's true. That's true. But then people just say the military is going soft, so you can't win. The military can't win. If they made it suck less, people would say it goes soft. If people make it suck more, people get out and they say it's too hard. So you can't win. I've got a, I'm going to blow your guys' minds. I can't wait to tell you this. I can't wait. Can't wait to tell you this. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. But before I do, can we get some likes on this video? 60 viewers, nine likes. Can we drop a like? Can we get a like? It really helps the channel out to get those likes 
and those shares. So share the video because I am about to blow your guys' minds. You are not ready for this information. I'm telling you, as a fact of the matter, I'm going to tell you this next thing. I mean, when we get to it here, you're going to tell me I'm a liar. And I'm going to show you the proof, and then you're going to de- and you're going to say I do not accept your proof. You're going to say, you're going to say, Max, I used to like this show, but now you're full of it. You are a liar. You're a dirtbag. Why would you do that to us? I'm not lying. I'm telling you guys the truth. This is this is one of my favorite facts of all time. One of my favorite tidbits of information that I have in my pocket, in my brain on my iceberg, and if a penguin gets on, and that penguin of knowledge that I'm about to share with you guys gets off, I'll be devastated. Let's get to it. Why waste any more time? Local Marine does push-ups for a nickel to prevent veteran suicide. Look at this guy. Is he 25 or 65? That's my question for you guys in the chat. Is the person you're looking at on your screen 25 or 65? Frank Menard, a U.S. Marine Corps veteran, is doing push-ups all over town. So far this month, he's done about 6,000 push-ups, all to raise money to prevent veteran suicides. Working with the nonprofit Mission 22, Menard has gotten pledges from people committing to donate a nickel for every push-up he does this month. The whole purpose is to generate awareness, Menard said. People don't know, on average, 20 veterans a day are committing suicide. We want people to know so that we can stop it. So... He's doing the, you know, he's doing the the 22 a day push-ups thing, but he's doing a lot more than 22. What do you guys think about as far as push-ups to raise awareness for veteran suicide? Is that a good way to do it? Does that help? Do push-ups save lives? You guys tell me in the chat. 20 of my 22 years as a Marine, I was recruiting, Bernard said. Full-time recruiter. So when I decided to retire, I said, you know what? I spent an awful lot of time getting kids to join. Maybe I can help them on the back end. Unfortunately, some of the guys that I enlisted never came back. In the Marine Corps for 22 years, he's been retired for about 25 years, so he's definitely in that 60s age. He retired from active work this January, but spends his time volunteering at the Military Heritage Museum in Punta Gorda and as a member of the local Port Charlotte Marine Corps detachment. So he's raising money. He's raising awareness. I think that's really good. He's on a mission to raise awareness about suicide, and he's doing it through push-ups. So my question to you guys is, do push-ups save lives? Is that a good way to raise awareness about suicide. That's my question for you guys. That's my story. And now that we've done that story, now comes the piece of information that I've been waiting to give you guys. Let's see. Whatever raises awareness, hoorah, old vet. Max, if you lied, I would leave this channel and take the kids. But finally, people are raising awareness. Anyway, helps. Sounds like something a liar would say. Austin says, Austin, thank you. I'm about to. So I haven't even given you guys the thing yet. Okay. Oh man, I am so excited to share this with you guys. Okay. Enough babbling on. I'm killing, I'm killing it. I'm killing my vibe, my own vibe here. Okay. So let me ask you guys this. Okay. Let's do a poll. What do you think is the world record for most consecutive push-ups without taking a break? What do you think is the world record for most consecutive push-ups without stopping? Do you think it's 200? Do you think it's 500? Do you think it's 1,000? Or could it be more than 1,000? I don't know. Could it be 10,507? Super Saiyan. Could it be 10,000? I just totally messed up my whole thing here. Could it be 10,000? 507 without taking a break? 
10,507. The world record for the most number of nonstop push-ups is 10,507 by Minoru Yoshida of Japan, which was achieved in October 1980, breaking the record of 7650 by Henry Marshall from 1977. Sometime after the record, Guinness stopped recording nonstop push-ups with no rests and instead started recording most push-ups in 24 hours with as many rest periods as you want. And the number of that is like a million or something. I think it's here. Most in 24 hours, 46,000, not a million. There's something about a million sit-ups or something. He Somebody got 46,000 push-ups in 24 hours, but 10,507 push-ups in non-stop. And that's a Guinness world record. So you know it's verified. Guinness world record. So it's verified. There, there was a person there monitoring it, uh, uh, observing form. I know the questions in the chat make sense to me. How, 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 the, you know, I've done the math. If you did one push up per second, it would take over three hours of nonstop pushups. How? I don't know. The only thing that I can think is that this person lived on their arms, like just did their whole life in a handstand walk or something because it's, there's no way you're like your, your legs, you know, are constantly under tension, right there. You can walk, you know, a thousand miles, but you don't, oh, you're not always just being on your arms for that long seems impossible. It's hours. It's hours. Imagine the cardio. What's his, what's his uh, plan score? Somebody said he's going for a social security card. What, what are the standard of push-ups? The only thing I can say about the standard of push-ups is that the, uh, his PRT score, got it. The only thing I can say about the standard of push-ups is it's a Guinness world record. So it's, it's got to be legit enough to be a Guinness world record. The most push-ups in a minute, 199. The most push-ups in 30 seconds, 53, which doesn't make sense. How can the number for one minute be four times the number for 30 seconds? Does that make any sense? Uh, I've got questions. I've got questions. Um, most push-ups in an hour, 2919. Think about that. The most push-ups in an hour is 2900. And this guy did over nearly four times that. Nearly four times as many. Does that mean it took four hours? Like, how does this work? It's not human. It's, it's totally crazy. I've seen 135 in two minutes, Navy standard. Whoa, whoa, go easy. Navy push-ups count. Navy push-ups count. Navy push-ups are fine. Relax. I always have to tell people, I'm doing Navy push-ups. Forget it. So, this world record about, you guys can look this stuff up, okay? You don't have to take me at my word and then forget about it. You guys can look this stuff up. 10,507 is the world record for push-ups. It makes no sense. It makes literally no sense. So does, does Guinness say how long it took? I just pulled up that one article there. I, I, I think I've seen it before, but uh, that was not, that article was not from Guinness. It's just another article referencing how, how many, how those awards are. But, uh, let's see, chief pushups don't count. He's a superhuman mutant. Yeah, totally. How, I don't know how long it took. Um, somebody could probably find that in Google, uh, and, and let us know. Let's see. I'm going to skip a story over here. Uh, you know, we got time. We got time. By the way, guys, I'll be streaming 
enlisted probably after this. After the show is over, I'm going to take my dog out for a walk and uh, and I'm going to come back. I'm going to stream enlisted. So if you guys are excited, you can check that out. And then um, you guys can also make sure you check out scuttlebuttshow.com for all your great merch, like the shirt that I'm wearing right now. I know you guys probably are wondering, Max, do you ever wash that shirt? Do you wash, do you wash that shirt that you wear every day on the show? To answer your question, I do wash it. I wash it probably twice a week. So I do wear it multiple days in a row. I wear it only for the Scuttlebutt show and I take it off. I'm not wearing it before. I'm not wearing it afterwards. And I wash it probably twice a week. And I, I also uh, have been doing this for like a year. So the shirt's obviously high quality. So you can get all this merch at scuttlebuttshow.com. Soon to be the scuttlebuttshow.com. As soon as like my website goes through whatever becomes available to me. I don't know. Hooray. I got the website. Got my website back, bought it back from those hacker bastards up in Canada. So we've got a, okay, we got a couple more stories to get to. And then the one at the end here that's, that I, I don't know what I think about. I need you guys help to help me understand my own thoughts on this story. But we've got the, we've got Command Master Chief resigns at Coast. Rachel says shirts are the best quality. Thank you, Rachel. I'm glad you're enjoying your shirt. Uh, from that you got because you're on Patreon. So those shirts are real. Those free shirts are real. If you join Patreon, you will get one. Command Master Chief resigns at Coast Guard Academy investigation underway. The Coast Guard Academy senior enlisted leader, Command Master Chief Brett Verholst, with a name like that, when he's not busy being the bad guy in Wolfenstein, he's doing some mischief over at the Coast Guard Academy. So resigned his duties at the Coast Guard Academy on Tuesday and is being investigated over alleged inappropriate conduct. I mean, just look at him. Just look at him. He's an old salty master chief, and he's been inappropriately conducting himself, allegedly. A spokesman said Wednesday that the Coast Guard Investigative Service is looking into the case, but declined to say more about it, citing the investigation. So the Coast Guard cannot provide details at this time in order to preserve the integrity of the investigation, but he has uh, he has resigned, which is, is that, is resigning an admission of guilt? Let me ask you guys that. He had served as the Academy's command chief since 2017. His primary duty was to serve as an advisor to Kelly on issues and initiatives pertaining to the entire Coast Guard Academy workforce. So he's still in the service and he's been assigned to the Coast Guard Research and Development Center in New London, Connecticut. So it doesn't say much else about him. He was the master chief for the 17th Coast Guard District in Juneau, Alaska. By the way, the Coast Guard up in Alaska puts in work. Bravo Zulu, shout out to the Coast Guard in Alaska for all the rescues and good work that they're doing up there in brutal weather conditions and freezing cold waters. They're heroes up there. Master Chief Anthony Shell will serve as the interim command master chief. Master Chief Maria D'Angelo is expected to become the Academy's next permanent command master chief this summer. Verholst did not respond to a request for comment. So yeah, you know, the Coast Guard's got Master Chiefs. The Coast Guard's got the same rank structure as the Navy, and uh, they are usually pretty good. We don't have to cover a lot of weird stuff at on the Coast Guard, you know, frankly, doesn't come up too often. Negative stories about the Coast Guard. So that's too bad that we got one. Too bad that we got a Master Chief having to resign out of the Coast Guard. That's a bummer. So you guys know, you guys, thank you. Okay, so he looks like he shops at Victoria's Secret. Austin says it's pretty funny. 100% I'd say an admission of guilt. Andrew says it's not an outright admission of guilt. It is not, I, I agree it is not an outright admission of guilt. Sometimes I believe if people are accused of something they, and they're in a leadership position like that, they might resign just to have the, the command regain confidence in leadership. Because once you're accused of something, you kind of are guilty no matter what. The Canadians, man, I know, I know. Let's see. 
if you resign when a scandal pops up, I mean, he's got to be guilty. Yeah, the only thing I would say is to the is to considering that the if you would want the wellness of the academy, if you feel like the wellness of the academy depends on the confidence that they have in their leadership, and you feel like you have damaged that confidence, and you think resigning could make it better, maybe you would take the hit and resign. I don't know. It's my, just guessing. If I had to play devil's advocate and come up with a reason other than being guilty that you would resign, that's it. That's what I can come up with. So you guys know my specialty in the Navy was flying drones, right? The second half of my career in the Navy, which is the one that I am most fond of, my most fond memories, okay? My, my probably most valuable skill set that I took from the Navy was drone pilot. Although we don't call them drones, we would call them UAVs. Drones is like a, a, a civilian term for it. We would call them UAVs is so that's my that's my greatest accomplishment in the navy was being a drone pilot now the navy has all different types of drones all different types of drones and some of them small some of them big uh let's see what do we got robert sweeman says craig roberts is on the chat served in vietnam on a tin can welcome this old sailor hey welcome craig roberts thanks for joining us hell yeah that's awesome robert thank you very much I, I'm assuming he uh, was brought here by you. You invited him to the chat. So I really appreciate that. Thank you for sharing the channel. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's basically how I see it. Guilty or not, the command structure needs a fresh face because the accusation alone will color people's opinions. This may not be an admission of guilt, but accepting a pardon is legally defined as an admission of guilt. Well, it does, but it does not say if he accepted a pardon or anything like that. That information was not in the article. But yes, that's a good point. Hoo-yah. Yeah, let's go. Hoo-yah. Let's get a hoo-yah for Craig Roberts. That's awesome. Thank you. I'm, I'm honored. I'm honored to have a guest like that on the show. It means a lot. So I was talking about being a, a drone pilot, right? Flying unmanned aircraft systems, unmanned aircraft vehicles. The Navy's got all types, large and small. You know, the, the, the Air Force has all kinds of drones, giant, giant ones, giant flying machines out there. And, you know, we've been supported downrange by all types, all types. And one of those types that was one of the first, one of the first to come across my radar, so to speak. Audra says, hashtag super legit. Thank you. Yes, hashtag super legit. Let's get a hashtag super legit for Rob Sweetman. By the way, go check out uh, the podcast we have with Robert Sweetman. Go find him on the channel and our video of uh, existential technologies on the, on the YouTube channel, way down at the bottom. An old video down at the bottom from vlog style video. Rob Sweetman's a great dude and uh, a great American veteran. And it's an honor to have him in the chat. So we've got one of the first drones that I ever heard of in the Navy was the Fire Scout. The Fire Scout. It was a helicopter style drone, or it is, I should say it is a helicopter style drone. It is uh, flown off of ships and it is operated and maintained by helicopter squadrons. So we've got a story here. Unmanned helicopter crashes into Navy ship, damaging the hull. So we, if you're listening on the podcast, we've got a, a fire scout here on the screen. It looks like it's being plugged into power. That looks like a power cable from, what are those old generators called? A 108, a 108 cart, correct? Help me out in the chat. Is an old aviation generator called a 108 cart? That looks like a power cable from a 108 cart. And they're plugging it into the fire scout to go do some maintenance on it on the flight deck. And this thing has got cameras on it. It's got sensors. It flies around. It takes off and lands from ships. 
all that stuff. But it just crashed into a ship. That's about as bad as it gets. One of the greatest sins you can do, if not the worst thing you can do as a UAS operator is crash your drone into other gear. It's, it's, it's the, one of the worst things you can do. I've done it. I've crashed drones into up-armored vehicles, a Mat-V, right into the side of a Mat-V. The Mat-V didn't care. My drone was crushed, crippled, pushed the whole front end into the back end. My first deployment. Oh, man. Totally, totally embarrassing moment. So, it, uh, take my word for it, okay? If you want to ruin or at least damage your credibility as a drone pilot, go ahead and fly your drone in some other, somebody else's gear, okay? The, all, no joke, the worst thing you could do is fly your, drone, your unmanned aircraft into a manned aircraft. So flying your drone into a, a, a manned aircraft is the worst thing you could do, period. So, uh-oh, I'm, I'm, I see that I'm frozen again. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Here we go. I'm back. I'm back. It's telling me I'm back. Comms check. Anybody out there got me? So YouTube was telling me that I had a frozen stream and now it's telling me I have a good stream. So let me know. Do you guys hear me? I don't want to miss. I don't want to have you guys miss any of the story. Smush Puma. Smush Puma. Yeah, exactly. If you guys want to know more, you can look up what a Puma is and uh, you can see some more information about that. So we've got this story of a fire scout a fire scout. Sorry if the stream froze there. Bad weather in Okinawa means bad internet service out here. So I don't know the deal with that. Um, so yeah, so we've got an, a fire scout crashed into a ship. Thank you, Nuggets. Uh, it seems like it's all good. It seems like it's okay. Flew my Puma into our swimming pool at the FOB in Haditha. Nice. Sick. <laughs> nice. Five by five. Good to go. Okay. Thanks guys. Internet is sucky, but it's all good now. I never lost you this time. Oh, nice. Video freezes intermittently. Okay, cool. So we're hanging in there. Um, no one was injured when the 31 foot MQ-8B fire scout struck the hull of the USS Charleston shortly after the helicopter took off from San Diego based littoral combat ship 340 PM on Monday. The ship's safety net was damaged, as was an area above the waterline, which is where the ship sits in the water in a normal sea state. The cause of the crash is under investigation and Navy declined to give further details or specify where the incident occurred or how long the deployment will be. That's not good. Crashing your Earl of Silence in the house. What's up? So we had so crashing an aircraft into a ship obviously could do catastrophic damage. If you crash into an area below the waterline, then you could flood compartments of the ship, causing major damage. Then you've got damage control underway, dogging down doors, shoring up bulkheads, and you got to take your ship in to the dry decks for maintenance, potentially, potentially ending your deployment early. So luckily that's not what happened. Now there are safety nets around ships at different places. So they, uh, they'll have a safety net over certain areas. So it sounds like this thing hit the net probably Tank, like got tangled up in it a little bit or the rotors um, destroyed the net and then it hit the ship and damaged the hull. But no one was injured. That's the most important thing. It Does it say if that fire scout, then I'm sure it crashed into the water. No, it says the, ships, the ship was able to continue operations, but I'm assuming the fire scout went in the ocean. Had to have, had to have. So the fire scout must've gone into the ocean and the ship was okay, and the ship's able to continue its deployment. So that's just crazy. 
Drones are crazy. UASs are crazy. It's a crazy thing to fly them. And when an incident happens, that's not good. You don't want to be a part of that. So we've got, have, have you guys, let me ask you this. Have you ever seen a fire scout in person? Um, but do you fly a fire scout? I thought you upload a mission plan and it flies autonomously. Justin, I would be, I have to say, I don't know the answer to that, but I will say I'm guessing there is zero chance that there is no way to manually take control and fly it. That's what I'm going to say. There, there must be a way for a person to take control and fly it. That's what I'm going to go with. I'm sure it takes off and lands basically autonomously. I'm sure it's very, very, very automated, but there has got to be a way to pilot manually. Got to be. Because for example, uh, what if it loses GPS? So if GPS fails, it, I mean, it's, it's law. It's a law that there has to be a way to fly it manually. Like there's no way, there's no way it's fully autonomous and there's no manual pilot. So I'm sure there's always, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm highly confident that there is always a trained pilot on station that can take control of it and ways to fly it via sensors and cameras and stuff. There's just no way it's not, there's just no way that it's not that. So, and if anybody knows for sure, drop it in the chat and let me know. Now, here's the story. Here's the story. Uh, of the day. Okay. Here's the one that I really want to tell you guys about. Yes, but there are EP situations of manual mode. Yes. Okay. Totally. Earl says Davy Jones's locker for sure. For sure. I'm sure that that's hundred percent accurate. And, uh, and also, yes, when you're in an emergency, there's gotta be ways to take control of it manually. So, cause you gotta avoid people and property, right? People and property. So here's the story of the day. Okay story of the day. And I, and I don't know what I think about it. I really need your guys' input here because I don't know what I think about this story of the day. All right, let's get right into it. Let's not play around. Scuttlebuttshow.com, patreon.com slash Show. by the way. Tragic drowning of San Diego Marine leads to lawsuit for benefits. What's going on here? In 2019, unfortunately, tragically, and we covered this story on the show, the drowning death of Marine Master Sergeant Jeff Breyer off the San Diego coast has sparked a legal battle. Breyer drowned while trying to save two children caught in the rip current near San Diego. And we've covered other stories of military jumping into the ocean to rescue people who were caught in rip currents or bad, bad waters. And this is, this is sad. This part of the story is heartbreaking. At the time of his death, Jeff Breyer was a member of Headquarters Battalion Tactical Training Exercise Control Group in 29 Palms, California. I don't, I don't think I'm out of focus, Larry. I think my resolution is just low because the stream of my internet quality over here. But if you guys can hear me okay, uh, if you guys can hear me okay, then that, that's probably what's most important right now. Breyer was out there that day to get married. Listen to this. So Breyer and his wife did not have a marriage license prior to the ceremony. Jennifer Crowley, now Jennifer Breyer, maintains he was at the beach that day for their wedding ceremony. Oh, golly. What could be, just when you think that story couldn't have gotten sadder and more heartbreaking, he was there to get married that day. I mean, unthinkable. And he jumped in to unknown ocean conditions to save two kids. Jeff Breyer's mother, Debbie Robinson, however, here's where it gets controversial, okay? We're going to switch modes now from 
mourning the death of Master Sergeant Breyer to now having a discussion on what should happen with his benefits. Jeff Breyer's mother, Debbie Robinson, however, previously told Marine Corps Times that the ceremony was not a wedding, but something closer to a promise ceremony, emphasizing that the couple did not have a marriage license. The Marines' parents have not responded to Marine Corps Times' request for further comments. Eventually, the Supreme Court of the State of California issued an order establishing that Breyer and Crowley were legally married as of September 22, 2019. Because of the lack of marriage license, Breyer's parents were treated as the next of kin by the Marine Corps, giving them the ability to decide on his burial and ultimately led them to receiving the Marines SGLI benefits, also known as, or service members, group life insurance, his $400,000. The first legal battle was over Breyer's final resting spot. His parents requested to be buried in Arlington, while Jennifer said his final wishes were that he be cremated. He was eventually cremated and his ashes were split between his parents and his widow, Jennifer Breyer told the Marine Corps. On March 19th, Jennifer Breyer filed a lawsuit against the Marine Corps attempting to claim the Marines SGLI and have the Marine Corps enroll her into DEER's Defense Enrollment Eligibility Reporting System. The Marine Corps unconstitutionally refused to recognize Mrs. Breyer as married to Mr. Breyer, the lawsuit reads. The Marine Corps refused to enter Mrs. Breyer into DEER's to certify and process her SGLI paperwork and to otherwise recognize her as Master Sergeant Breyer's spouse and afford her any of the benefits to which a military spouse is entitled based on the conclusion that she and Master Sergeant Breyer were not married is unconstitutional. The Marine Corps has no comment on the case due to pending litigation, and it's a unique case because outside of TSGLI, from traumatic injury protection, if you guys are familiar with that, you can have life insurance if you don't die, but you get so badly wounded that you can never work or earn money again. There's a payout for that. Christopher Brochu, a lawyer who represents service members who, uh, members who make insurance claims, told the Marine Corps Times on Thursday, most SGLI litigation involves Prudential, not the Marine Corps. Now they're suing the Marine Corps. So Jennifer claims that, that Mass Sergeant Breyer encouraged her to stay at home and raise her kids as a stay-at-home mom under the conditions, you know, that they had talked about for getting married. Now, because of that, she is broke and she got no SGLI. The parents got the SGLI. If she did have the money, she says she would use it to give it to her children. She is now living with one of her children who is married to a Marine. So one of her daughter, Miss Breyer's daughter, is old enough and adult, is married to a Marine, and she's now living with them with her other children. So hopefully that they'll, what they say is that they hope they'll take a look at it and say, yes, they're clearly married. We have no reason to not put her name into the system and recognize her as a spouse. And it can just be settled without having to go through anything else. The Marine Corps, uh, somebody told the Marine Corps Times, the lawyer told the Marine Corps Times. So this article does not really clear up this question for me of, is there proof that what made, what leads me to believe that they were clearly married? I didn't see the article present any evidence that they were clearly married. So what is the, what is the evidence of that? She, she, they say, they say no reasonable person would suggest that they weren't married, but the parents dispute it. And the Marine Corps doesn't have a marriage license and had, uh, I'm, I'm assuming he never went to admin to get her put in deers or else they would have done it then, which they also need a marriage license for. Like you have to, here's the process. I got married last year, two years ago, 2019, January, 2019, January 23rd, 2019. Huh? Huh? Husband points. What's up? So we got married. Then we took our marriage license to her admin 
and they put me in Deers and they gave me a, what's called my privilege card. And I put it with my other ones, tall, white, and handsome, I guess. Those are all privileges that I enjoy. I acknowledge that not handsome being a little, I'm being a little facetious there, but that's what I said in the office. I said, I said to my wife, she's when they gave me the privilege card, that's what they call it. I thought it was so stupid. They call it the privilege card. They give it to you and they're like, here's your privilege card. And I'm like, privilege card. This isn't called like an ID card or like a veterans benefits card. You guys call this a privilege card. And she was like, yep. And I looked over my wife and I said, I'll just put it here with my other ones. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, so, so anyway, that's the process. That's the process. So if he didn't do that, if he didn't go update his deers, and I'm sure that we've all heard horror stories of, uh, of people not updating their deers and having problems with benefits. So like if you don't update your deers as to who gets your SGLI, who gets your, GI bill, which I, maybe that's not Deers, but, but you know, you have to go in there and update who gets your GI bill and sign a page 13 about that. If you don't do that stuff and then you die, you're kind of screwed. And that's the way it is. And that's the way it's always been. I've known that people know, in the military know that that's not, that's not a shock to anybody that's known, especially, especially if this guy's a master sergeant, he knows that he he's an, he's an expert at this. He's the, he's the subject matter expert on administrative stuff. If you're a master sergeant, so, you know, he didn't, he didn't update his deers. There's no disputing that. Now, you know, you hear about these nightmare stories about in-laws, not liking spouses. And I think it's such BS. I hate it. I hate that BS. So maybe they're trying to, you know, prevent the wife from getting the money because they don't like her. Maybe they don't like her. And so they, they want to prevent her from getting, uh, his benefits. They have some beef with her, but it's, it's this article. What do you guys, so what do you guys think? Eric says, well, I mean, if he didn't do that, then they aren't married. It's just that simple, I guess. Kind of sad though. Andrew says, California does not have common law marriage, but will recognize common law marriage from other States. Does California have common law marriage? Says California Supreme Court says they were married. They were married. That's true. That's true. The California Supreme Court does acknowledge them as married on September 22nd, 2019. So that matters. Doesn't actually matter if you're enrolled in Deers though. But if you're not in Deers, if you're not enrolled in Deers, this is what I think. This is what I remember. If you're not enrolled in Deers, then the military cannot legally give your money to someone else because you sign how you want your money divvied up, right? You can give 10% to this person, 25% to that person. You have to go in there and update your page two. In the Navy, it's called page two. I don't know if it's the same thing in other branches. You go in there, you update your page two. In a big part of that is updating your SGLI and saying who gets what amounts. Oh, hang on. We're frozen again. We're fro- I'm, I'm showing frozen again. Oh, God. So if you don't go in there and do that, if you don't go in there and update it, then they won't give your money to somebody else because the, the, the military acknowledges your last request, your final wishes, right? That's your, that's your life insurance. So if, if he had in there, if he had in there 100% to his parents, 
That's what they're going to do. Regardless, even if you're married, even if you're married, because that's your life insurance money. You choose who that goes to. So even if you're married, you can allot that money to somebody else. You still have to go in there and update that part of the system too. So there's deers. If you're, if you're not in deers, you can't get any of your benefits. Okay. Start for starters. If you're, if you're a dependent and you're not in deers, you can't go to the doctor without major problems, major administrative problems. They'll turn you away. Can't get on base. Can't get an ID card. None of that. If you're not in deers, you get nothing, nothing. Even if you're married, even if you're married, you can allot your SGLI to somebody else besides your spouse. You can have it go to your parents or your brother and sister or your kids. Now, let's see. Andrew says SGLI is totally different like the beneficiaries who gets it, but other benefits for married people is separate. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying right now. So SGLI, your service members group life insurance, your $400,000 if you die, then whoever you have that set to go to is who's going to get it. Eric says, yeah, if it's not updated, then she's not going to get it. It's just the way it is. Yeah, that's just the way it is. So I'm not really sure why she's suing. I mean, it's her word that it's her word that that's who he would have wanted the money to go to is her. But maybe he didn't. Maybe he didn't update his page two on purpose. Like, for example, it's safer to put SGLI money towards an estate or trust for children who can't legally take a hold of the money. Yeah, there's all kinds. If you're savvy with your SGLI, there's all kinds of stuff you can do with it. I think mine was always set to go to a friend of mine who I trusted to do the right thing with it as far as divvying it up against amongst people who, who needed it. Like, I had one friend who was my beneficiary for 100%, and his, you know, understanding was if he got that money, he should use his best judgment to give it to people I was close with that who needed it the most. That was what I did. That was what my SGLI was, was signed over to. Um, I think the real fight is about other benefits, not just SGLI. Sure. TRICARE, right? Because if she, maybe she's, I don't know if I actually think that she should get his SGLI. You know, I've kind of talked myself into thinking that maybe she is not the person who should get his SGLI. Maybe it should be her, his parents because he didn't update his page too. He could have, he could have, he could have updated his SGLI. You don't have to be married even. Let's, let's take this another step further. I just said I had it signed over to my friend, right? You can have your SGLI for anybody. It can be anybody. Not even, it doesn't have to be next of kin. So he could have gone in and updated his SGLI to go to his fiance anytime. Why didn't he do that? It really begs the question, doesn't it? It really makes you wonder. So since he didn't do that, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm going, I'm, I'm going, I'm everywhere with this. If the California Supreme Court recognizes their marriage as September 22nd, 2019, and that they were married before he died, the right thing to do for the Marine Corps would be enroll her in Deers and take care of her and her family as a widow, but not necessarily give her the SGLI because, and this is a military horror story right here. This is a military horror story because he could have got in there 
and updated this anytime. Robert Sweetman says he knew what to do if he wanted her to have it. Yeah, that's what I, I that, yeah, I, I've, I've worked that out. That's where I'm at now with this. He knew what to do. He could have done it anytime. He either was being lazy because he's a master sergeant. He knows what to do. He knows what to do. He's a master sergeant. Like I said, he's the subject matter expert on this stuff. He's the guy who counsels Marines on this stuff. So the right thing to do, in my opinion, would be get her her benefits as a widow. And I don't think she should get the SGLI. I don't think she should get it. I don't think she should get the SGLI unless it was in a will. If it wasn't in a will, there is no standing. I agree, Andrew. Audrey says, I knew an LT who didn't update his page two after he got married and unfortunately passed away. Yeah. Yep. Plenty of stories of dudes leaving to, to ex-girlfriends on accident. Yep. They'll do that too. You know, you don't think you're going to die, right? I get that too. I get that. He didn't think he was going to die that day if he went to the beach to get married. So maybe he just wasn't in a hurry to do it. And then that's, that's laziness and, and poor planning, right? And that's sad. It's totally sad. But to presume now, post, you know, death, that to know his intentions doesn't seem like the right thing to do. You know what I mean? Because now that we have had this conversation, this discussion, and we, we all realize that he could have updated his page two anytime, anytime, to, and given it to his money to anybody or an estate, and he did not have an updated will. And there's debate over whether or not he was even married. Then... I think the right, like I said, I think the right thing to do is take care of the family as a widow and give the SGLI to the person that he had in his page two. That's it. That seems like the right thing to do. Then if the parents don't want to support the spouse, then they're assholes. Then they're just assholes. The heat should be on the parents, not on the Marine Corps. That, what are they doing? If, if, if they knew if the parents, even if this was a promise, I'm switching gears, attack the parents, all right? Attack. If the parents knew that his, even if it was a promise ceremony, that he loved this woman enough to go to the beach with her that day and even have a promise ceremony and that he was going to take these kids as his own, then they should hand over some goddamn cash. Buy some shares of Apple and give them in the kids' names. Do the right thing. The in-laws are, are being stingy. That's the truth. Once again, the Scuttlebutt Show has gotten to the bottom of it. We've unveiled the truth about this story right here live. You saw it live. They should do, the parents, the parents of this guy should do the right thing and take care of his fiance, spouse, I mean wife now, you can say it because the court acknowledges they're married. That's his wife, legally. There's no dispute in that. The parents have, the parents are being douche, douchey, behaving douchously, not super legit. Hashtag not super legit. The super legit thing to do would be to take care of the spouse and 
Andrew says, unless he has children of his own who are nothing about that's mentioned in the article here. So I don't know if he did. So it says that the, the wife, Jen, Jennifer, Jennifer, is that it? Um, is that right? Where is it? Jennifer Crowley had kids, her own kids. So give them, give some of the money, split it, do something. Fighting for the body is simply awful. Well, you know, I understand that people have really, really, people can have really, really deep rooted beliefs on what to do with a body after a person dies. I respect that. I've got nothing to say about that. People have really, really, really strong feelings about what to do with the body of a person after they die. All right, I'm seeing no data on the stream again. So let me give this a second. My blue light might shut down sometime soon. Let me give this a second and see if my stream comes back. I don't know. Can you guys hear me? I'm seeing no data. Okay, we're back to excellent condition. I see no data, good condition or excellent condition on my scene, on my end of the line here. So I'm checking my blue light. You guys got a nice up nostril shot, it looks like. Okay, that's the story of the day. I uncovered it. I got to the bottom of it. Don't worry. You can always come to the Scuttlebutt Show for a reasonable opinion on things. And I'm going to take this time because I ha- I'm, an, I'm a I'm a ethical person. I stand by what I say. I try my best. And thanks to Justin in the chat, my friend Justin, called me out on something I posted on Instagram yesterday. And so I want to clear that up because I was wrong. Straight up, I was wrong. I posted something. It was a little misleading. Let me pull it up here so I can quote it directly for you. Um, and I'll probably be deleting it after this episode. I said last night on Instagram, uh, I said, this is a reminder that California went out of its way to make it legal to not disclose your HIV status and is now trying to mandate disclosing your COVID vaccine status. That statement, which I made uh, that I would call more of an emotional statement uh, because it was it was me speaking from like a personal feeling of frustration than it was factual. Let me correct myself a little bit. California did not make it legal to not disclose your HIV status. It is actually still illegal, but it's a misdemeanor with a penalty of up to six months in jail to ha- to uh, put somebody at risk of HIV without telling them that you have it. So basically having sex with somebody or something like that, uh, know, and you know you're HIV positive and the person you're having sex with, you didn't tell them that. It is now a misdemeanor penalized by up to six months in jail. And I said uh, it was legal. So I want to correct myself there. It's just factually not accurate. That's true. Justin pointed that. It's a good point. My, 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 my reasoning behind that post in the first place was this, and I actually, I stand by this, is the same legislators who celebrated reducing the penalty for potentially spreading HIV now stigmatize not getting a COVID vaccine and potentially spreading COVID. It seems like a direct contradiction of self, right? Uh, so I, I am very frustrated when I see that stuff. I'm extremely frustrated when I see that stuff. It drives me totally insane. Um, because if you think about HIV, a far deadlier disease, far more stigmatized or a far worse stigma associated with it of people, you know, 
whole families of people, whole generations of people turning their back on people with HIV who died horrible deaths with limited treatment and all this stigma around HIV and that exists to this day, even though you can have HIV and be undetectable and live a full life on one pill a day. And people still think HIV, like get away from me, you're gross, you have HIV, all this stuff. And I'm afraid when I see the stigma being put on COVID of, you know, if you don't want to get the vaccine, which I, I totally understand. Like, I respect people's choice to not get a vaccine, private citizens. I'm, I got it. I got my vaccine. And you know what? My heart was clicking afterwards. And apparently, I just saw this on Yahoo the other day, people after getting a COVID vaccine, 14 people have gotten myocarditis, which is a heart infection commonly associated with being uh, infected with a virus. And it's, it can cause heart attacks and heart disease. So, you know, I had my own like, damn it, did I get like a, a rare COVID uh, reaction or something like that? I still think it was worth it to get it. Okay. We got a virus going around, killing people, affecting the entire world. And there's a vaccine. The right thing to do seems to be get the vaccine. Okay. That's my personal opinion. And I respect your personal opinion too. I'm not out here trying to tell people what to do or hate you for not doing it or anything like that. But it's, when I see people in government trying to criminalize or, you know, ruin the lives, dox people or whatever, because they weren't wearing their mask correctly or because they don't want to get the vaccine or whatever. I get really frustrated. And those same people celebrate, celebrate the destigmatizing of other diseases. Okay. Just seems hypocritical to me, but I do want to say I posted something on Instagram and it was wrong. Just as a fact of the matter, it was wrong. So I'll be deleting it uh, just because it's not true and I don't want to put out misinformation. So I appreciate being called out. And if you guys ever see me doing that, something like that, please call me out. I totally, Hey, Andrew Walsh with $5 super chat for ownership of mistakes. Thank you very much. Respect, respect. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's the right thing to do. Okay. To be humble, to have some humility and own your mistakes publicly. It's the right thing to do. So if you guys ever see me, if you guys ever see me doing that, I would really appreciate being called out on it so I can either, so I can verify, okay, so I can verify that that's true, assess what I said, and if I feel like it's true and I was wrong, I'll correct myself. I have no problem with that whatsoever, okay? So I do appreciate that, and Andrew, I really appreciate you with that super chat. Uh, I guess I'm going to have to start making way more mistakes and then owning up to them on the show, okay? That's my new strategy for the Scuttlebutt show. So, you guys are awesome. You guys are a great group of people. Oh, also a quick shout out to my team, my old team back in San Diego for sending me out a coin. They made a coin for uh, our command and they thought of me and they said, hey, do you want one of these coins? We got new coins. You were a member of the team. Do you want one? And I said, yep. And I bought it and they sent it out to me. So I appreciate that. Shout out to my Navy family out in San Diego. Uh, Love you guys. A lot of respect for you all. And I appreciate when you tune into the show. So like I said, I'm going to get going for today. That was an awesome show. We have another awesome show tomorrow. I'm going to go take care of my doggo, my little puppy, my sweet little girl, take her out for a little walk and uh, go to the bathroom and all that. Maybe do some training. And then I'm going to be jumping on and playing some enlisted probably. So look for, look out for that. And I'll chat with you guys more while we're playing a couple games and 
because the weather kind of sucks here today. So it'll probably be an inside kind of day. With that being said, I appreciate you guys as always. Thank you for joining me today. I look forward to talking to you guys all very soon, very soon in like an hour probably. And I am out for now.